today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We've talked many times on the show about uh, scams and such and the refugee system and immigration and such, but it's it's not often the two come together. And boy, I, I guess when we you hear of all the scams that, that we've uh, talked about over the years, this shouldn't, I guess, surprise anyone. Canada's immigration minister is being impersonated in a refugee scam. The scam on social media uses his identity uh, to defraud re- uh, refugees of thousands of dollars. To talk more about all of this, Giddy Maman is with us, senior partner, founder of Maman Sandalot Kingwell LLP, and with with us now. Giddy, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. Are you surprised to hear about this? Or, you know, I guess it's 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 no uh, wonder how far uh, scammers will go to, to get some money. Well, it's kind of funny that it's uh, it's the minister this time that's kind of the victim of the of the scam in the sense that his profile was used. But uh, uh, he wouldn't be the first. Uh, for example, our uh, our firm, uh, our firm's website has also been scammed. Uh, they they Somebody had uh, once copied the entire website with a slight alteration in the URL and started taking money from the public um, uh, to, you know, using our sort of reputation um, and our name and took money from people. And that's exactly what's happening to the minister now. And uh, you can bet that whenever there's people looking to come to Canada and somebody uh, is involved in immigration, there's nearby there's some somebody coming up with a scam to uh, to, to, to to you know cheat people out of their money man it's amazing uh, that that they're that they've they've duplicated your website and, and tried to do the same thing with you being obviously uh, an immigration lawyer and such how do you combat that what did you do how 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 bad was your scenario well we had uh, quite a few uh, people who had actually sent money to that website and they they called us asking for service for the money that they had paid but of course we knew nothing of it and then as soon as we discovered uh, the website we reported to the authorities but uh, you know we it's it, it's too bad it's just it's just tragic that uh, little changes like in this situation with minister Hussein uh, just one letter difference uh, was it was enough to almost uh, uh, cheat this uh, this this refugee family from thirty five hundred dollars uh, but it's uh, you know I, I my my advice is just to be very very careful when you're pursuing any kind of immigration assistance Oftentimes, people who promise you the world are not going to deliver you the world. They're just after your money. And people, you know, pay to hear what they want to hear, which is, Mm. unfortunately, a very uh, bad trait to have. You have to, you know, keep your eyes wide open and and check and double check or else, uh, you know, you could, you know, you could be easily cheated out of many, many dollars. Surprised how brazen this is using the minister. Well, you know, I'm not... I guess why not? uh, It's the next step, right? Well, you know, I, I was uh, I was thinking about it as uh, as I was about to go on the air with you. Uh, if you remember, about a month ago, uh, there was uh, a young Saudi girl yep. uh, who basically tweeted out to the world that she needed help uh, to resettle herself. And of course, uh, our minister of immigration responded and uh, and did so, you know, quite quickly and in, in the view of many, uh, quite humanitarian uh, in, in quite a humanitarian fashion. Well, this whole story also apparently started with this fellow uh, who posted his family story on Twitter. Yeah. And he actually drew the attention of this, uh, this scammer yeah. uh, by responding as the Minister of Immigration. So maybe if he was aware of the story of the Saudi girl, maybe it came uh, sort of not as a surprise that our minister would respond favorably to his call for uh, assistance as a refugee. 
Uh, but in the end, uh, he realized somehow that it was uh, a scam and he didn't send him the money, but I could easily have seen it going the other way. And I wouldn't be surprised to, to learn that there are other people who were scammed uh, successfully by this fellow and his uh, fake Facebook uh, account. So what worked for the girl in Saudi Arabia can uh, work to the detriment of anybody else trying to use uh, the same method. Is social media now becoming a golden ticket in? Oh no, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say that. In that particular case, it it certainly appears that way. I don't know that the minister and uh, the rest of the federal cabinet is going to be too eager to repeat that story, uh, because uh, it could it could have tremendous uh, unintended consequences. For example, this: if people out there in the world believe that the minister of immigration is going to respond to every personal plea. Uh, they're going to be more susceptible to this kind of uh, of scam because, you know, I've been doing this for over 31 years. Uh, it's not every day that I've seen that situation. In fact, you know, I, I can't really recall a, a, another situation quite like it. Do you think this is what's happened to this family, uh, a result of what happened with that Saudi Arabian case? I don't know. I'm not, uh, I haven't seen any news reports. Uh, which tie the two together, but mm-hmm. like you know, uh, I do follow immigration news a little bit more closely than than most, and I just can't help but wonder if the if the two stories somehow uh, are related. Obviously, if he read that story about some young uh, Saudi girl uh, who was you know trapped in an airport and wanted protection, and she got it from Minister Hussein in Canada, if he knew that, and then all of a sudden he gets a 2 a.m. Uh, tweet or post on Facebook saying, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to help you, but you've got to pay the government fees. Uh, that sounds plausible to some people, I, I would imagine. Uh, but he doesn't know that that is a very, very, very rare thing in, in, the, in, uh, in Canadian immigration history. Uh, would this be profitable? I mean, you can see perhaps targeting seniors who may be sitting on their nest egg, but I'm thinking people that are fleeing war-torn parts of the world, are they going to have these sorts of resources? It amazes me that they're focusing on these people. Right. Um, when people are desperate and you give them hope, uh, uh, it's... It's a, it's a dangerous cocktail. It really is. Um, first of all, they're not familiar with how things work here. In many parts of the world, uh, you know, uh, paying a few extra dollars here and there will get you certain results uh, because there's a lot of corruption in many, many parts of the world. Right. In Canada, we're relatively squeaky clean. I mean, even if you offer a policeman here a few dollars to not give you a ticket, you can end up in jail. In another part of the world, that's exactly how things work on a daily basis and it's quite normal. So a minister asking you for $3,500 to pay the fees for immigrating to Canada, they know that there are fees to pay when you come to Canada. They know that this is a very generous minister. The name looks the same. The picture looks the same. And social media was used in the other case. So we're not far away from the other story. And you're obviously and, desperate, right? You're trying to everything of course, you can. You're desperate. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you've got the, the, this fellow is a refugee in Turkey. He's got a couple of kids. I think uh, two of his children are are uh, are, are blind. Yeah, they, yeah. They have, they're visually impaired. Uh, and he's reaching out to the world, somebody please help me. And he gets this this response. I mean, uh, you know, who wouldn't want to believe in that? Uh, I'm just I'm just delighted uh, that thank God he didn't send that money and he has that money to look after his kids 
and not to line the pockets of a crook. Uh, how many people are trying uh, and using this method? There must be the uh, there must be no end in sight of of a line of people that are, are using social media caught in scenarios like this to get attention. Right. Well, the, the internet's a very big place. It has it, it reaches everything and everybody. And um, uh, I, I can only imagine. Um, you know, in in my business, I've seen people without the internet being scammed. You know, people who arrive here at the airport and they're visited by. Uh, somebody claiming to be able to help them, and they, 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 they clean them out of every last dollar they have, and they're completely stranded, and they have no hope now of, 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 of entering Canada. Um, I've seen every kind of scam in this business. It's, it's, it's tragic. Um, I, I, the Internet only multiplies that risk uh, by a thousand uh, because of how many people you can reach. I mean, you know... Uh, this uh, rev- uh, you know CRA scam. Yeah. Uh, elderly people are getting calls constantly, and you would think everybody in Canada already knows yeah. that this is a scam, and yet there's always somebody who falls victim to it because they didn't know that it was a scam, and they, uh, you know, they they they, they pay unfortunately uh, people who uh, uh, who are just outright crooks. How difficult is this to prosecute? Is this like the other scams? They're from faraway lands, and, and there's no hope in heck of, of, of them ever being traced? Yeah, look, you know, um, I'm not confident that in the normal situation anybody would make an issue out of it, because you're right. You're hiding behind a URL, hiding, and who knows where this person is on this planet. However, in this particular unique situation, I think the minister will spend some resources because it is pretty brazen to try to impersonate a sitting immigration minister. Uh, you know, if you, if you impersonate a, a, a Toronto immigration law firm, maybe nobody's going to care and, and no one's going to scour the world uh, for the culprits. Uh, but in this particular case, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, the RCMP is not already on this and trying to find the perpetrator uh, because it's 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 reached the public uh, the public eye, and I don't think this minister is going to want to allow the case to be made that he invited this kind of attention upon himself uh, with that other case. So we'll see, uh, but it, it's very resource intensive. I'm not sure that they're going to put in all those resources, but I'm sure that they that they're going to try uh, try at least. Uh, uh, for a little while to find these people if there is a trail to How does this add to the discussion of government's approach on immigration and handling the situation of those going through the, you know, the holes in the fence per se? Uh, how does this add to the discussion now that these people are so brazen they're using a minister? Does this, does this say more attention needs to be put on this sort of thing? Well, I'm thrilled you asked that question because I, 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 I completely agree with the idea uh, that this story needed to be told. Here is a person who fled Iraq. Uh, he's got a, a family. Uh, they've got uh, challenges. Uh, he's desperate uh, to find safe haven. Uh, he's not going to be allowed to remain in Turkey forever. Turkey has millions of refugees that they don't know what to do with. You know, Canada, we're accepting 20,000, 30,000 a year. And the question has to be asked. Uh, isn't this the kind of people that we are supposed to be helping? Uh, are we helping these kinds of people uh, with our current system? 
you know, people who, who come maybe from South America, they go right through the United States and appear at our fence and make a refugee claim. Are those really the best uh, candidates for our protection? Here's a person who is one of 25 million people who are displaced. Uh, he comes from a war-torn country. He has kids with needs. Um, are we doing a good job in protecting the most vulnerable? There's no question that the people who are coming in from South, uh, South America uh, have many reasons to complain about their lives, poverty, corruption, whatever. But is, is this story and stories like this one more compelling? If we're only going to accept 20 or 30,000 people a year, are the ones at the fence the most deserving, or should we be looking at our refugee camps all over the world and looking at these families who've been in limbo for years with no future, desperate that they hang on to a tweet or a, or a messenger message from Facebook for some hope that he can provide for his family in the future? Uh, and those are really good questions, I think, that we need to ask ourselves. Uh, because it's been a long time since we signed the Refugee Convention. It's hopelessly out of date, and maybe we need to take a look at this in a, in a, in a new way. Are we having those discussions, or is it is it just taboo to even have those discussions? And I'm thinking what the President said last night during the State of the Union uh, and the way he packaged it. Um, I can see a lot of Americans agreeing with what he said. There is no question that every country in the world is entitled to enforce its border in any which way it wants, whether it's a wall, a fence, uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, in Canada, we believe in law and order, and uh, every country has the right to enforce its tax laws, its criminal laws, and its border laws. Having said that, we also have an obligation to help as much as we can people who are persecuted and who face harm. And we should do that. There's no question. The question, the only question that I raise is, with limited dollars and with a limited um, uh, number of people that we want to help, we should be doing our utmost to make sure that we're helping those uh, in greatest need and using our dollars as wisely as possible. Uh, the relocation of people permanently from one side of the globe to the other side is very, very expensive. If, for example, we can find something that is local, a local solution that might be temporary, get people out of harm's way while their civil unrest uh, resolves itself, we might be able to protect many more lives with fewer dollars and allow those people to reintegrate into their societies after the conflict is over. Those are discussions that should be had. Unfortunately, in this political climate, no one is having that discussion. Um, we're talking about borders and making distinctions between walls and fences and whether we should have border enforcement or we shouldn't. Are we caught but, up in the terminology here, Giddy? I mean, because it looks like both sides pretty much want the same thing. They want a secure border, and uh, just as you've spoken. But, but it seems we're fighting over whether it's a slat, a steel, a this, a wall, a concrete. It, it seems like we're fighting over the terminology. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think our leaders right now and maybe the public is more interested in politics and a win over a discussion. And right now, we need a discussion. There are 25 million people who have nowhere to go and they cannot go back to their countries. This wall, while very interesting and is going to determine who wins the arm wrestling match between the Democrats and the Republicans, it's a fascinating, comical uh, drama that's being played out. 
But the truth is we have much bigger problems uh, internationally. We have refugees. You know, our firm has to deal with those problems. When we have families that we can't get into this country to join their families for years, and uh, we try everything that we can, and there doesn't seem to be a fast, uh, a, a fast a solution for them, and we, we have to deal with other clients who say, well, I just turn on my TV and I just see people with their suitcases just crossing the ditch and they're here forever. Yeah. How does that work? Hmm. And I, I don't have a very good answer, and I think we need to start coming up with an answer uh, because our politicians are terrified of the immigration portfolio because it's so volatile and it's so close to a nerve with every single cultural community that we have. And it, it divides us tremendously. Canadians either think that immigration is the best thing in the world, it is what has built this country, or they think it is the worst thing in the world, hmm. it is what brings in all of our terrorists, all of our crime, all of our drugs, and all of our social ills. And there are very, very few people in the middle who are willing to keep an open mind and have a rational discussion, because uh, you know the, 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 those two extremes uh, are not anywhere near the truth. Well said. Giddy Maman has been with us, senior partner, founder of Maman Sandalot Kingwell LLP. They are immigration lawyers. Giddy, thanks so much for the time and insight as usual. Much appreciated. Thank you very much for having me, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.